1: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of UFO No, the show where we separate science fact from science fiction. Thank you all for coming on another wonderful journey. We got a great one for you today. I'm really super excited. First, the bad news. Okay, the bad news. Blind Mike. Not here, folks. I know. I know. I'm bummed, too. He's not here. I know. I'm so bummed. He had a thing with his mom, so he can't be here. I get it, mommies. I get it. I get it. So, you know, it is it is what it is. Anyways, but we wish Mike and his mommy well. Anyways, we'll get him on the next episode, but still, it's going to be a great one, so stay with me. Stay with me. But before we get too far along... I want to thank uh, Clarkson CBD co for always supporting us. Remember, go shop online, Clarkson, dot Use that promo code. U F O. No, U F O N O. Save 10% site wide, everything, everything, your entire purchase. It's wonderful. And then of course, hell's canning cannabis company. If you want balanced experience, that old school feel, you got to ask for hell's canning cannabis company, your local Washington retailer. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Thank you both for always supporting us. Uh, once again, As always, like, share, subscribe, review, splash us about your social media pages. We blend in well. If you can review, please, please, please save that up for a nice five-star. If you got a little one-star, hug it. Show it some love. Give it some calcium. Make it grow up nice and strong. Throw it up as a five-star. It blends in very nicely with the other ones. Thank you very much. Anyways, folks.
0: Anyway. (laughs) Folks,
1: I got a great one for you. Coming to the show, extraordinary ufologist, author, Alan Greenfield. Welcome to the show, Alan. That's
0: Alan fucking Greenfield. Oh, yes, it is. My (laughs)
1: mistake. I forgot your Christian name, of course.
2: (laughs) uh, Please, not Christian, not me. I'm
0: Jewish to the core. Oh, yes.
2: Oh, no, 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 we're not not going to do that. How are you,
0: sir? Uh, alive and well. That's
1: awesome. How are you? Oh, I'm wonderful. I'm in the stratosphere as always, floating oh, about well, in uh, orbit. Yeah, that's good. It's wonderful. The place
0: to be. It's Absolutely. Better than Earth. <laughs> so, so, my you're friend. You're getting now for a, while, a seat on the rocket to Mars. So
1: that's That's right. The, the rocket to Mars, absolutely, you know speaking of which, what do you think about all this? What do you think about the billionaires in space? You know we did an episode on that about richard branson and uh, and all that you know uh, jeff bezos and, and and Elon Musk taking up space in space what do, What do you think about all that
0: well. I'm not really, really at the risk of being political. Political. political <laughs> I am not too happy that space is headed towards being commercialized, but, uh, we can blame ourselves because NASA has always been underfunded and, uh, well, at least after Apollo 11, it's been underfunded. And, uh, So it was inevitable that if uh, with the internet comes great wealth for the few, and the few are going to take the almost as few into outer space, 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 space. space. (laughs) Ah, my My (laughs) head!
1: It's well, absolutely true. It's uh, I worry about the same thing. What does that mean for the rest of us? What does it mean for space travel? You know, it, it becomes a murky, commercialized, gross thing instead of this, uh, this, you know, what was it? The last frontier, as they said in Star Trek, you know, so is it is it going to be like that for the rest of us? Or is it going to be this, you know, paved road by the time the rest of us get there by all these billionaires that have been there a thousand times before we have?
0: well you know they built the interstate highway system in the 1950s and it homogenized almost everything in our popular culture i mean yeah. there's a waffle house and a cracker barrel <laughs> on every exit from uh, from let's see from sarasota florida to detroit detroit <laughs> michigan and i think you have something comparable out there in the western uh, the
1: the left, uh, you know, Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, before we get too far into oh. all billionaires and space and all that, so I want I to talk about your work, Alan, fucking Greenfield. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very <laughs> much. Uh, you, you have some amazing work out there, from the secret cipher of the UFOnauts to the complete cipher of the UFOnauts to... Uh, yeah. Uh, screwed by the Aliens? That's one of my favorite titles in literature, period. Period.
0: Well, I didn't know when the late, great Timothy Green Beckley, now in that saucer in the sky, uh, when he came, uh, came up with that, I sent him some, he said, send me some pictures for this book. And I said, okay, with a title like that? He didn't use any of the ones I sent. Oh, I guess really? I too porn-hubbish, you know. But. <laughs> See, I'm very influenced by uh, my old uh, friends, uh, Gray Barker and Jim Mosley, who, uh, well, Gray laid it out pretty explicitly. Laid it out. That's a Freudian. We'll, we'll, we'll forget that. He, he basically said, Sex and saucers—it goes together. And if you look at the cases that are most interesting, something is going on of a sexual nature just prior to the incident. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so speaking as the son and grandson of Viennese Jews, I say Freud knew what he was talking. This thing makes me look cross-eyed. This, <laughs> Talking about. I am not a cross-eyed, look, but I am gray-haired almost. Gotta go through that just for men die before the next time. But you can't see me, people, so just imagine. Just imagine I wavy blonde hair, and saintly blue eyes, and uh, uh, just and uh, I'm wearing my uh, uh, tux in honor of the program. So. UFOC Yankee No. UFO-C, Yankee No. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm regressing here.
1: Let his sultry tones take you away.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, we can't both be drinking at the same time. Oh no,
1: of course not. So, uh, screwed by the aliens, and yes. now, now you've got a new. Now you got a new one coming out. Correct. You got a new book, uh, the Grail Within.
0: Yes, the Grail Within. Is actually very notice. I shift gears into the very serious mode. Yeah. Because the Grail within uh, originally the uh, the earlier edition uh, was not published. It was hand distributed to 93 high initiates of uh, ceremonial magic and delivered for free. I mean, it was they were signed and numbered, and I hand delivered them because it basically both has the theoretical stuff about what sexual magic is and why it works, why it doesn't work in certain circumstances. And at the time, I was a member of one of the great orders of antiquity, and they discouraged talking about that sort of thing because it was their gig. uh, Oh, I see. But the second half of the book is unique in that it's – Me talking about my experiences with great candor. In fact, some people might even identify some of the photographic material in the book, but you'll have to acquire a copy from Amazon or the usual other dealers uh, or from my publisher. Um, And we'll make
1: sure and put links in the show notes. That would be good. Oh
0: yes. Although you know, if they, if you put in the Grail within, there is no, it'll go straight to uh, my book because it will. And there is a new introduction in the making by Stephanie Quick, who is quite an expert in these things as well. But I mean, I just pulled out all stops in terms of talking about my own. As uh, it, uncomfortable it is, des- I'm glad to talk about other people's sex life, but uh, <laughs> but mine, you know, that's uh, that's a whole different ballgame. So, uh, hey, I uh, I think people will be well rewarded by uh, reading it. And the complete secret cipher of the euphonauts is you get two, two, two things in one because it's secret cipher of the Eufinots in combination with uh, Secret Rituals of the Men in Black. I so see. by the time you get through with it, you should be an absolute expert in how to predict UFO cases and even how to summon UFO beings. Uh, that's an extravagant claim, but if you don't believe it, try it and see what happens to you. <laughs> so let me or ask I you this. on hell. Don't try this at home. <laughs>
1: or do uh let me ask you this uh, what what got you started in this like what was the kickoff did, did you just did you just come into this world excited about the paranormal and 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 magic or, or like what sparked you what, what started it for you
0: well i can date it in two different ways one is my dad was in dc and saw uh uh not destination movie. That was the first movie I saw. But mm. um, not the Earth versus flying saucers earlier. Minds uh, a blank. It was on TV the night I lost my virginity in Asheville, North <laughs> Carolina. But we won't. Oh, get that, into that, that, that that breaks
1: alcohol. it down. That helps. That slims it down. <laughs> the day the Earth stood
0: still. Original oh. not, Okay. The Gianna Reeves version. Yeah, no, the original. Yes. Yeah. Michael Rennie and Patricia Neal before her nearly fatal stroke. And so my dad told my mother, who went to the movies every day uh, in the little town in Georgia where we're from, because let's face it, there's not a lot to do pre-internet, pre-local television. It was just the radio And uh, four theaters in downtown Augusta. (laughs) It was the Miller, the Imperial, and the two, the Rialto and the Majesca. Why do I remember that? I don't know. They're all closed now. So,
1: but they just stuck in uh, your mind.
0: uh, Well, because that was I, I frequented them a lot when I was a kid because my mother took me with her. But my mother had a habit of. She wasn't a nun. That was not that kind of habit. Yeah. Um, She had a habit of going into a theater, not at the next time a movie was starting, but whenever she happened to arrive. Oh. So we arrived just before Gort, you know, Gort, Barada, Klatu, Nikto. Barada, Klatu, Nikto. Uh-uh. No, so... The robot, phallic-shaped robot, is carrying the girl into the saucer, and little Alan, who was six five, said, "Mommy, I want to
2: leave. It's scary, scary, <laughs> scary."
0: So she never did see the rest of the movie. Uh, oh wow! I have I have seen it since, and it uh, from the beginning. And and all my father would say is. Ah, You missed the really interesting parts where all the broadcasters uh, uh, of the time were guests on the program, including uh, one who was a big uh, UFO freak himself. But maybe that's the beginning, although same year, uh, or within a year, there was the July 1952 wave over uh, D.C., which, yeah. rallied, uh, you know, uh, forbidden airspace, like over the Pentagon and over the White House. and
1: uh, Do you have pretty good memories of...
0: Nobody would ever, ever strike the Pentagon. Oh, oh, I'm living <laughs> in the
2: past. Okay,
1: <laughs> would, Now, you know, during that time, were you old enough to kind of be able to sense the tone around you based on those? Was that a big deal? Was that very widely publicized at the time?
0: I was in Miami as I was every July because my parents loved to go to Miami. And my father said, Look, flying saucer seen over UFO, the term didn't even exist at that point. Yeah. UFOs, see, a flying saucer seen over the, uh, the nation's capital. And my little six year old ears perked up. Why? I don't know. Maybe in a previous life I was a ufologist or whatever the equivalent was. Medieval ufology. No, no. It's German ufology. It's is a whole different story. Um, no, I think that there was something already there. But then in 1960 when I was pubescent, as it were, um, i Saw what I then thought was uh, two flying saucers. Actually, they were jets reflecting the sun. But I wrote to NICAP, and they invited me to join. And I thought, oh, well, they want me. No, they wanted everybody. But uh,
1: so you saw, you saw what you thought were UFOs. But then later or soon after you saw them, you found out that they were jets, or was it something that you found out much oh. later?
0: M- much later. Oh, okay. But I had read an article about UFOs in one of the magazines of that period, Saga or True or something, and it had an ICAP's address in it. Then I saw the two jets. Then I went home and decided to write about my sighting. To NICAP at 1536 Connecticut Avenue, Washington, 6 DC. Uh, and as they were then, uh, being the CIA front that they probably were. Uh, <laughs> actually, they probably were. I mean, that's,
1: Yeah. Uh, they were. Uh, for those that aren't familiar, what is NICAP?
0: The National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena. Uh, and this nobody, was back in the
1: 70s, correct? 60s, oh, no. 70s? 60,
0: 60, 1960. All of these things happened at the same time, okay? I joined NICAP. I joined the Mystic Arts Book Society, which was reprinting every book on the occult that wasn't nailed down with a copyright at the time, and I read all of them. Um, they eventually turned into a porn, softcore porn publishing house
1: (laughs) no kidding Uh,
0: mid Mid 60s or something they were bought by some uh, uh, of the soft core I mean soft core by today's standard the fact is that people were being sent to prison for the rest of their lives for printing sun warmed nudes that was the name of one of the books but one of the books (laughs) back when they were doing occult stuff was a book about sex magic in the eastern tantric form uh, by a guy named Garma C.C. C. Chang, and he had translated some of the Tibetan uh, books on uh, Tantra, and uh, I was fixated on that. At the same time, my interest in ceremonial magic was uh, in its infancy. I uh, was interested in UFOs beyond what NACAP was willing to uh, it's sort of like their rule of thumb was you can see them in the sky, but they can't land and they can't have beings and they can't abduct anybody. And I thought, uh, what do you think of Richard Shaver? Yeah. Yeah. The, the late Richard Hall who said, Oh, will we don't, we don't indulge ourselves. I got that at various points in, in my career. You know, we don't indulge that. And I indulge anything that seems to be a lead as to the what about all of these things. So I see them as cryptozoology, ufology, paranormal research, uh, and a bunch of other things um, are probably different aspects of one phenomenon. And uh, that, was something that I didn't realize until fairly late in the 1960s when I began publishing uh, uh, these little newsletters that back in the day, that was all that we had. If we had 300 subscribers, we were big shots.
1: <laughs> not
0: yeah. like the big groups like NACAP, CIA front, and APRO, not a CIA front, uh, which had or the Midwest UFO Network, Which had maybe a thousand people. Woo, a thousand people. And I continued to publish little magazines on various things uh, right up into the 1990s. Um, And then I caught on to the fact that the process of going around my parents' dining room table that they never used because they had a breakfast room and uh, collating. Stapling, folding, putting in envelopes, sealing the envelopes, taking a stamp, ugh, yeah, sealing it, taking it down to the government mailbox, because you don't want to put it in your own mailbox, and sending them out, and I've got 150 subscribers. But on the early days of the internet, I discovered you reach an endless number of people. I mean, literally, you know, you can say, well, if this is out there, it gets so many, you know, hits, whatever, but it really may be out there on the Wayback Machine, if nowhere else, longer than you will be out there. you, anybody. And, uh, uh, I got kicked off of Facebook for reasons unknown. I think the machines took over and s- said, I broke the terms of endearment, excuse me, the terms of use or something. Yeah, yeah. And I said, can I appeal? And about two seconds later, that's why I think it was all machine generated. It said, your appeal is denied and you are forbidden to be on. So me and the, the Trump guy, you know, the former <laughs> human being uh, almost, uh, Uh, are banned from Facebook. So I went to the Nut Right half-paved site, MeWe, which sounds like some version of going to the bathroom. MeWe, MeWe. Uh, And I have a page there, and I blog every day. Something of interest, uh, and whatever seems part of the the authentic tradition, as I call it, um, I will blog about it. So... That's awesome. Yeah, but I had 5,000 subscribers on Facebook and about almost 1,000 followers, whatever that means. I don't have 1,000 friends. I mean, I have maybe five friends, you know, so. But some of them were exes and most of them were people that just liked what I had to say. And uh, now I have like 600 or something.
1: Well, you're building it back up. Yeah. Yeah. Because I blog every day. Yeah. So what, what got you into sex magic then? Cause that's kind of a specific thing that you've dropped a couple of times already. So what's, what's, how'd you get into that aside, aside from just uh you know, normal sexual curiosity, what got you into uh, into sex magic?
0: <laughs> oh, oh, well, it's an academic interest. Yeah, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get a paper towel here. No, uh, (laughs) I think that it was a logical progression from the interest in ceremonial magic and interest in the Eastern tantric rites to exposure to the notion of uh, Aleister Crowley's uh, version of the Western sexual magic tradition, although it didn't start with him. I mean, that's. Started with P.B. Randolph at the 19th century, but uh, Crowley was a bigot, so and, and Randolph was a black man, so mm. uh, he got written out of the will, as it were. I see. Uh, uh, not the only one. That in turn led to the Hermetic Brotherhood of Light, which I have some credentials with today. In one of its many forms. It certainly isn't linear anymore. Um, and that in turn led to uh, Crowley's AA and the other organization that I was a part of for 20 years. And uh, their theme was sexual magic, although really very elusive, except in after parties and after, after parties and take home.
1: I see. Take home was a big, yeah. You know, so it wasn't in practice in in the normal get-togethers. It was it was, it
0: great. wasn't encoded. But the, the lodge that I was a member of, Euless Lodge, we had a lot of uh, off academic gatherings, and they often because the lodge master, whose name I won't mention, uh, at that time was uh, very into sexual magic and uh, wound up sleeping with everybody's wives. So that oh,
2: was- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, hey, occupational hazard, wife. right?
0: <laughs> occupational hazard, right?
2: Yes, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> so, um, and I eventually became Lodge Master. And I cleaned it up, and um, that was... Oh, a long time ago, but I mean, it was after me, the deluge, as uh, the Sun King uh, presciently said, because uh, it went to a, well,
1: I don't want to get your program in trouble. But I, oh, I get followed. my program in trouble, please.
0: <laughs> well, the, the lodge master that followed me is a psychotic And uh, he caused all kinds of violence, mischief, and was apparently funding the lodge with a boxcar full of dope, which, uh, you know, it's not like we never got checked out. We did the Gnostic Mass with uh, the non-barbarous country Gnostic Mass, which means the priestess for part of the ceremony is naked on the altar for everyone who is present. So we never got bothered, but I thought he was being incredibly irresponsible. I mean, what people do with their own dope habits or their own business. And I really could care less about that. The only thing I've ever noticed is there are certain drugs that, Seem to conjure up the same sort of little people, little beings that you find in uh, in UFO cases and in cryptozoological cases, and uh, some people try to make that into oh, it must be the uh, DMT in your in your brain uh, misfiring, and that would also explain near-death experience. These reductionist explanations are bullshit. Mm. That's B U L L S H I T as in worthless bullshit. Bullshit. Bull bull bullshit.
1: I want to take just a moment to talk about C B D. CBD works as a very powerful anti-inflammatory, and I'm sure a lot of you have met someone who's used it or know a family member who's using CBD to relieve pain, anxiety, and the truth is it does all of those things. Helps relieve pain, reduce and prevent inflammation, as well as relieving anxiety and stress on top of improving quality of life. So if you're looking to try CBD for the first time or get into something new and you want some answers, Clarkston CBD Company is where you want to go. Little plates I help manage uh, as well as educate people as to the benefits and products that can work for them. Check us out online, clarkstoncbdco Shop online. Reach out on Facebook, Clarkston CBD Company. And back to the show, <laughs> uh,
0: which was one of Crowley's uh, marks. So there is okay. a lot of uh, free, free talk. Of... Yeah, I'm giving you signals from my past. <laughs> But well, I'm wearing a mask, so I can't really be Alan Greenfield. That's right. No, absolutely. Probably, I'm probably, you know, just not Alan fucking Greenfield, just <laughs> fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> Where was I before I got on that? Horray!
1: Sex magic. How Crowley? Sex and, magic. Yes.
0: Yes. So it went from uh, as near as I can. Uh, I actually did a book on this called uh, the, the Roots of Modern Magic, 1700 to 2000, which is Available plug, but you know, yeah. it's been, uh, it's not a new book. And if you haven't read it, it's probably worth following the trail of the authentic tradition from 1700 to the beginning of the, uh, 21st century, um, I, which is where I stopped as a convenient stopping point. So there's a little supplementary material in it, but, uh, uh there seems to be a line that goes from the 18th century notorious Count de to the rites of Memphis and Mitzrayan, an off Masonic rite, to, uh, let's see, uh, I'm skipping one generation there because it'll get boring. Because this is a begot's from and Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac <laughs> begot Jacob, and how guys could begot is a mystery to me. <laughs> and that was <laughs> biblical, you know, yeah. but uh, not important right now. Yeah. What's important yeah. right now is that this tradition somehow went from P. B. Randolph, who had made a an epic. Uh, journey across the Middle East and encountered some uh, people that many years later in the 1950s, John Keel encountered very similar groups of people that uh, were practitioners of some form of uh, high magic only, apparently in Randolph's case uh, uh, in sexual magic specifically came back wrote two papers for his uh, Brotherhood of Eulis, which in turn led, uh, because he then made, a, uh, made the circuit in Europe and influenced a handful of people that were interested in this stuff in the mid to late uh, 19th century. Uh, one of those people was a guy named Carl Kellner. And Kellner uh, was interested in combining The Memphis Mitzrayim uh, tradition of ceremonial magic with sexual magic. And that in turn led to Theodore Royce, who inducted Alistair Crowley, and the rest is fractured history.
1: Fractured history. Lots of
0: people claim to be the sole heir to, which is again. Bullshit, 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 bullshit.
1: (laughs) So let me ask you this now. You mentioned ceremonial magic, high magic, and sexual magic. So obviously sexual magic involves sex. But what separates high magic from ceremonial magic from sexual magic? Like, what are the biggest differences? Aside from, like I said, the obvious of fucking...
0: (laughs) Well, it's not always fucking.
1: You know? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Good it to can know. Be,
0: it can be anything from uh, certain masturbatory techniques.
1: So it's to, more about the sexual energy than the actual yeah. act.
0: Well, uh, my opinion is that all ceremonial magic has a sexual component, whether it's sublimated mm. or not. It's all about invoking or evoking. Uh, forces, energy fields, beings, temporary beings, uh, the uh, Tibetans call them tulpas, which, by the way, the men in black, who I think are nefarious because they wear black hats and, masks <laughs> and things. Which but, you happen uh, to
1: be disguised in now. So that's... <laughs> off-putting sir.
2: no, 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 no,
0: no, 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 I'm just i I'm just a nice Jewish boy. Nice Jewish boy. Nice Jewish boy. Nice Jewish boy. Well, in any case, I don't think that that is necessarily everyone, but there, there is a movie, most movies about any kind of a cult or magical theme. Thus, they're written by my son, Alex Greenfield, a well known screenwriter, writer, 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 who has a new one coming out in a matter of months in post production oh, right now. Very nice. Uh, it's called Lullaby, 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 Lullaby.
1: uh, Is it that many, is it, is it say lullaby seven times in the title or is it just, is it just one?
0: Oh, okay. Okay. My, my sort of primitive. (laughs) Okay. I just wanted to be sure. (laughs) No, 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 no. Uh, Actually there's uh, in any case, um, most of the films are inaccurate, but one that my son did not do and whoever did it probably uh, was an English company, a dark song. If you haven't seen that, you should because it's a reasonable facsimile facsimile of the Abramella working. And that brings to the fore a lot of ceremonial magic and a touch of sexual magic. And I think that you can see where one can lead into the other and uh, uh, I, I have never seen any kind of clear-cut separation. In fact, It's part of that whole, uh, my basic uh, gig is that all of these things are different aspects of the same energy manifesting. Um, So that whether people are seeing Bigfoot, a horribly named thing for any kind of credibility. Yeah. Well, what did you see out there? I saw Bigfoot. (laughs) And how big was his foot? Yeah, I agree with you. Size 15, triple E, or what? (laughs) Uh, But the the elusiveness of Bigfoot is the giveaway, because it's the same elusiveness that uh, beings that come out of UFOs are supposed to have. And uh, I think they are the same thing. Uh, In fact, there have even been a couple of cases of Bigfoot emerging from flying saucers. Uh Ah, Um, the the question is, are there are the flying saucers really the you know, the real deal or are they sort of portals of manifestations? I know in one of your previous shows you were talking about uh, Jack Parsons opening the yeah. portal and, uh, in the southwestern desert in, in, in with uh Elron. Elron I Elron. Mean, <laughs> L-
1: Oh, uh, what a crazy – I just love that that entire scenario of Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard, and then L. Yeah. Ron running away for with his – it just it – just, the whole situation just is crazy. And then Jack opening up this portal. Does that have – is that legitimate? I mean, I hear that a lot, but is it – Oh,
0: yeah, it's, it's 100%. Yeah. And uh, uh, there are people who favor it, and there are people who say – uh, Parsons was a sloppy magician, mm. a fairly good rocket scientist who nevertheless managed to blow himself up a few months later, yeah. but, uh, um, you know, fiddling in his garage with new, new, new rocket fuel, rocket fuel, and he did write uh, uh, the Book of Babylon, which uh, is supposedly the fourth chapter of Crowley's Book of the Law, which, uh I don't take either one totally uh, seriously, but I I think that uh, the book of the law has become a cult uh, item. And I sort of got alienated from that circle of people when it moved from being a philosophical body to being a religion Uh because it's just what the world needs, another goddamn religion. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I'm a member of the temple and have been a lifelong Reform Jew. So we don't need, you know, yeah, uh, uh, Alistair Crowley, not all that original thinker of being the uh, prophet prophet of uh, a new eon any more than we need L. Ron Hubbard saying, well, I take the girl and I take the money. And I bid you goodbye, yeah. Parsons, and departing, which uh, Parsons got uh, got his boat back. I think by invoking Barzabah, the Lord of Storms, which I got accused of doing, and I don't do that kind of thing. But uh,
1: you got accused doing the- of doing that, did you?
0: Oh yeah. So on a radio program at that, uh, I was doing. I've never done ritual on air before or since but I thought well there's no reason I can't do some harmless little thing an invocation of Metatron right out of one of Beckley's uh, many 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 books Uh, so I did it and later that night uh, there was a storm in that city in the great northwest a what amounted to a hurricane and several people were died Wow, actually it was right right in the uh, uh, same area that the uh, one of the earliest men in black incidents occurred but I got accused of he was really doing that storm invocation something that witches and Jews have been accused of for thousands of years so uh, I wasn't I was invoking the Archangel Metatron and uh, uh, Maybe it ameliorated the storm, but it certainly didn't cause. Uh, However, Parsons was angry. He had reason to be, and he invoked Barzaba, and a storm arose, and the boat uh, was returned to him, hmm. not the girl. Uh, however, his uh, magical uh, associate, Marjorie, Cameron uh, remained a uh, fixture in magical circles for the rest of her life, trying to be uh, what Crowley called his scarlet woman. Mm. Excuse me, what his uh, preternatural visitor I was through Crowley <laughs> called his scarlet woman. <sighs> Speaking of scarlet women, uh, no, we weren't. We're,
1: so ask me something else. I, yeah, well, I, what I was going to ask you is, do you think that Jack Parsons, because, you know, one of the conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory, I I only use that term because it's so frequently used. I hate the term conspiracy, but, um, because all it means is something that's not proven yet. Uh, but the theory that Jack Parsons opened up a portal uh, creating a lot of these paranormal things that we know of today and then blew himself up not able to close that portal that's that now remains open is that a thing because that that's something that i had read that that the person who conjures the portal must be the one to close it or else it remains open but is that really a thing no
0: no um yes he opened a portal and yes he was sloppy because he didn't close it when i teach magic which is rarely I always teach banishings and exorcisms before I teach anything that's invoking or evoking, whether it's sexual in nature or, or, or something else, because you have to be able to close a portal. However, the notion that uh, all of this stuff happened in the 1946-47 period, uh, arguably... Is more bullshit, bullshit,
1: bullshit. Gotcha.
0: Because because it goes back as 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 long as human beings have walked the earth, at least, and maybe even longer. You get the same sort of incidents, dressed up in the whatever the uh, mythos of the time happens to be. Seems to go back to uh, shamanism, which uh, primordial shamanism, which is still practiced today, uh, but has been practiced since the dawn of human beings as far as we know at least post uh ice age human beings and probably during the last ice age um uh carried forward by priesthoods in the first uh first cities in sumer and uh in uh in the indian subcontinent and then out into the moondogs over here um, but uh,
1: so the terms have changed, but the phenomena has always been the same. Is that what you're exactly. saying?
0: Yeah, exactly. I see. So it can't be the beginning. However, that portal can be closed by any really competent magician, even now. I see. There are natural portals, mostly in caves or mountains or sacred spots or where ley lines converge. Which is yeah. Uh, uh, Oh, or, or in special locations that, that just seem to be uh, portals between worlds.
1: Yeah, we've talked yeah. about Stargates before, yeah. you know, and the idea that there's these uh, odd relics that are in these mountains, like in, uh, you know, New Mexico area, things like that, where they, they come across these, these weird archways that look like they have something that fits into the doorway, but you know, obviously there's nothing around at the time, but it looks as though it's some kind of functional portal.
0: I did a, uh, an article called, uh, Stargate 1946, which was about the very one that you're talking about, uh, that we were talking about with, uh, Parsons Hubbard, uh, doing mischief out in the desert. But, uh, uh, there are lots of others. And what they seem to be, and what I have come to realize in recent years, is they open portals to what we used to call other dimensions, but which probably uh, are better characterized uh, with the uh, new physics in uh, the many worlds interpretation. The
1: multiverse.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, there may be according to one theory there's a a fixed number of alternate uh, universes although and another uh, i think much more accurate notion is that there are an infinite number of other universes all of which are right here with me and right there with you and right there with your listeners so it doesn't take too much to have a matrix type effect where there are glitches in the matrix as it were. And uh, I mean, I've seen this happen and I think almost everybody has it because it's just like you rub your glasses and you say, mm, well, uh, I really need to wear these more often <laughs> but I can't yeah. because I'm wearing a mask. So That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Although I could take it off if I just <laughs> <laughs> it's it pasted on. For Someone those, for those of you that movie.
1: for those of you that are listening and wondering what in the fuck is going on, Alan is got a hat and mask on through his video and it's it's precariously placed on his face and his head. And so it keeps it as he moves, it moves. So (laughs) it's, it's to me, it's fascinating. The idea I had a guy on uh Wajid Hassan, what shout out to Wajid, uh, who is of the spiritual nature. And he was talking about the realms of enlightenment and all that. And so we had, um, you know, compared that to people that are talking about string theory and the multiverse theory and how he mentioned 11 realms of enlightenment. And then in the multiverse theory, they're throwing out 11 universes out there, 11, 11 multiverses. Um, and so it's fascinating that I, I'm kind of along the same lines as you are that, how do we know how many there are? I mean, we might be able to, you know, maybe get an inkling that there's 11 right now, but who knows how many there really are. And like you said, they're all here in different spectrums, different, you know, wavelengths that we just can't see and tap into because we're of our limited bodies.
0: But they do glitch in now and again. And I think that's that accounts for many cases of uh, ghosts and phantoms and uh, cryptids and, uh, and, UFO beings and men in black and uh, other, other phenomena of the same sort. It also probably accounts for some of the ways that a paranormal phenomena manifest. But there are also places that seem to be permanent portals that may, I don't know, they may have been established by other presences, or they may just be spontaneous because of uh, the energies of the earth, telluric energies or uh, the the prayer of the gnomes, which is part of the repertoire of the Brotherhood of Light. And uh, uh, it, it seems to me that those places are likely to have ongoing phenomena of various sorts in and around them. Um, there is a, a fantastic area i think it's the mammoth cave complex that runs all the way through kentucky and parts of west virginia and those oh, yeah um, um, above ground those are hotbeds of uh of phenomena uh, yeah not one phenomena but the whole range of phenomena and that suggests that uh, the two are not unrelated there's yeah, an course.
1: area called in Kentucky called Hellier. You ever heard of that? Oh, and yeah. there was a documentary done by this uh, trio that went in, they'd got some fan stuff that people sent them some things and because they were kind of a paranormal show and they were like, Hey, you guys should check this out. And they went in not knowing much and they did a really great job of just going in and asking questions and doing some very simple tests and the things that they got and the evidence that they saw and the testimonials that they received from individuals and the amount of synchronicities that were taking place during that time of people that were just popping up in their path that had everything to do with this and they weren't even really looking that hard they had just enough to go on to kind of poke at this subject and then by the time they were done they were fully involved there were people that were sending them these cryptic messages and it, it just spiraled into this crazy thing and so their biggest thing that they found is this: these cave systems that are, are spread out so far and they showed this map that shows all these disappearances and these paranormal activities. And it almost lines up perfectly with this gigantic cave system that goes through the entire U S
0: mm-hmm. it's amazing. Um, actually, if you, uh, uh, I had some influence on their quest. Uh, apparently they started out reading uh, secret cipher, the UFO and, uh, wanted to find, uh, Terry was long, long gone from my life. And I don't know, uh, So they, uh, we're chasing him and Indrid Cold. And, yeah. So you're uh, familiar with it. Oh, I was in it.
1: Oh, that's amazing. I That's right. It's been so long. It's crazy.
0: Season two, episode eight, maybe. I that's think.
1: awesome. That is awesome. Uh,
0: there was after the program, I said something to them about, you know, you need to take these balloons more seriously, or it's going to be a barrier in your path. And you know, they were very polite, and they bought me lunch, paid for for autographed copies of my books, all that sort of. BS. And I didn't really <laughs> want them to pay for it. I said, What do you want for these? I said, Oh, $156. It showed up on my PayPal account. I didn't really think, you know, that
1: yeah,
0: it was, I don't do these things for money. I mean, the books are sold for money, but not yeah. a single copy. That's uh, you know, And they had a, a copy of the original Illuminate press edition of wow. Secret Cypher, which like, Illuminate got probably closed down by the the forces of evil <laughs> that are among us. Uh, several people that I knew died young as a result of that. And they were they gave me my start as an author, from being a writer of bibliograph publications to being a book, legitimate book author. Yeah, um, they also paid royalties, which is more than I can say for a lot of publishers. Uh, uh, they say they promise you the world, but they give you—they give you a lawsuit if you can run them down. Yeah, you can't. They disappear.
1: Overpromise and underdeliver. That's a, that's a big that's uh, a big game.
2: Yep.
0: Only Beckley was really honest about that in his time. He would give you copies of of the book to sell, but he wouldn't give you money. So,
2: Uh,
0: you know, I mean, I am poor. (laughs) So I don't take money for healing work or magical work or UFO stuff or interviews or any of that. Yeah. But if somebody sends me money. I say, no, no, no! I'm ethereal and a man of great wealth and fame. <laughs> Oops, that's the devil. Okay, so now I I did a long interview with them, uh, of which a substantial portion appeared in, in the second season of their program. Uh, I have raved about it and said it's the first. You know, there's so many things like the History Channel, the Discovery Channel, the, when they ran out of World War II stock footage, they started doing these programs, UFO hunters, yeah. Sasquatch hunters, hunter hunters, whatever, and uh, they're uh, very distorted. Of course, they they go for the ye old extraterrestrial hypothesis the H. And, low-hanging fruit it, as it were yeah and i mean that's the low-hanging fruit well said and and uh uh the uh, the newkirks and uh, their associates uh, they showed it the way it really is no one single surprise thing that happens in the haunted house or the haunted mine or the porch where they're doing uh
2: yeah, um, essentially,
0: it's, it's it's all recorded, and yeah. I'm sure they had uh, the editing was terrific. So I I'm oh, sure it was so
1: it well was done. done. The production was so well the
0: production done. Production was the best I've ever yeah. seen. And that, it was so and that
1: genuine. That's what yes. really got me. It was so genuine that you know, because I am a huge skeptic, huge skeptic. I think you should. I think you have to. I mean, you have to be open minded. But but there's a the difference between being gullible you know, open-minded and being a skeptic, which is, you know, you can look at these things, but also you're like, yeah, but I need to like run it down and crunch the data and really look at things. Um, not just take it at face value as uh, always. And I thought these guys did such a great job of just absorbing information and then putting it to work um, and not trying to dilute it, not trying to change it into what they yeah, believe. I
0: don't, I don't like the term skeptic because it's been pretty
1: well, you're right. No, you're absolutely right. It's, it's usually for naysayers, but I just mean as far as I like to look at something and decide for myself if it's true or not, as opposed to just taking anybody's word for it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, I have tried to preach that, uh, chorus to uh, all of these different areas. Uh, I mean, the, uh, parapsychologists, the formal academic parapsychologists, uh, Really, do some experimentation. What they have is a problem going from field data, which is elusive by definition, to uh, to laboratory results, which are well, they can be tampered with. But yeah. assuming that your controls are uh, adequate and you know what you're doing, which you know, if you have three PhDs, you probably have some idea of what you're doing. Or maybe not.
2: Right? <laughs> or maybe not. On the
0: Ph.D., uh, Stan Friedman, not one of my favorite ufologists, always said, well, I don't have a Ph.D., I have a master's, but Ph.D. stands for piled higher and deeper. <laughs> but Stan was piled really high himself, you know. Sure. Uh, he single-handedly created Roswell, which uh, – I mean, it was always, you know, a footnote in ufology history until Stan came along, and suddenly it was retroactively the great UFO event of 1947. wasn't Kenneth Arnold, the Maury Island incident. There were a lot of really important events. But what that was, as far as I could tell, was a skyhook balloon that came down in the wrong place. Speaking of balloons, so they're in the car filming, on their way to one of those little towns that they were interested in for a variety of good reasons,
1: and you're talking come, about the Hellyer show again, right?
0: Yeah, if I'm back in Hellier. Well, <laughs> on the way, on the way back to uh, Cincinnati, but uh, by way of Kentucky, which is the only way you can get there. Trust me, I used to go to the UFO conventions in Cleveland, Ohio, and you had to go through Kentucky. So I, I have once in a while spent a night in historic kentucky towns with a lot of bugs in the hotel and <laughs> i mean a lot of bugs i,
1: bet, I,
0: bet. I spent the <laughs> night in historic hopkinsville where the original goblin case was oh wow and i had goblins in my room i woke up and i said to my bed wife uh can we go now uh it's three in the morning what are you talking about i said look on the walls and it was just covered in every kind of insect you could find. So, Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. So she didn't want to leave. So I put a pillow over my face, went back to sleep.
1: <laughs> a stronger man she than I, ever- I, sir. Stronger man than I, I would have been the fuck out. Well, that is true. That is yeah. true. <laughs> Uh oh! What was that?
0: Uh, the Nitty Block saying something about switching microphones? Can you still hear
1: me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, you're fine. I don't know what I don't know what happened there. Your you're default
0: microphone has changed to microphone co USB audio. It will now be used.
1: That's fine. That I can the, hear you open. perfectly fine still. I don't know what happened, but it's
0: good. I'm, I'm singing in <laughs> the rain, <laughs> da, da. Da, 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 da 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 and I'm not doing the uh. uh a <laughs> orange version, of that. although maybe, maybe, maybe not. Uh, so. Oh, gosh, we've gone on so many side paths.
1: I know, I know. Well, what we were talking about is we were talking about the hell your stuff and how that tied into the, originally we got started with the, you know, the cave disappearances and all that. Oh, yeah. and,
0: so I needled them with just a phrase that I use as kind of a standard thing, saying you may have obstacle an obstacle in your path if you don't follow the synchronicities, which now they I understand from their Twitter feed, they follow the synchronicities. I don't know whether that was my influence or not. So they're in the car, and the, the, their film is running, and their <laughs> Greenfield really was annoying with that uh, path. You know, he kept talking about those balloons. I mean, the balloons, because I said, uh, you get happy birthday balloons out in the boondocks twice, maybe something, especially since you were at the wrong location. Uh maybe there was something to be said for the notion of synchronicity after all. And they come upon a tree across the road and have to stop because the tree is completely across the road. By this time, they're in Kentucky, and I would have had to have a Learjet ready and waiting for them to drop. And... Uh, wasn't i don't (laughs) but but, i mean they they didn't even come up with that theory but it occurred to me they could have because when they got out of the car and took the tree out of their path at the foot of the tree was another balloon
2: Uh a
0: blue star balloon we'd been talking about sirius the largest blue star in the sky that's right yeah and Unknown to them at the time, maybe now I don't know. I haven't you know, made a big point of it, but because I, I really respect their work, um, my publisher at that time was Blue Star Press in uh, Sacramento, and uh, uh, so it, it was really weird.
2: Yeah, and
0: I think they got they got the point there.
1: And well, yeah, dur- throughout that entire series, they got. Hit and like you said, I don't I don't remember if it was from from when you had said that or prior, but either way, I mean they were extremely aware of synchronicities after that point because of uh, they were just stacking up one after another. It, it well, just continues. What
0: I do, which is follow the synchronicities, and you will find lots and lots of weird stuff, and somewhere along the way, you may get some sense of what this is all about. That has been my experience and I, they are a generation younger than me and I think uh, if they persist and don't freak out, they will be uh, very very important in the future. as indeed, if you have this kind of program it will be UFO yes <laughs> <laughs> UFO no. <laughs> Indeed.
1: So what? So what? So what? Got you switched from your from all your secret cipher stuff to the Holy Grail? What What led to that transformation in material, or is it still connected?
0: It's connected. Okay. In the, um, if you've ever been to a high church mass or a gnostic mass, I have not. uh, The supreme moment is actually magical, although I think the Roman Catholic Church would deny that, and the Baptist Church doesn't do that. You have a cup of wine and a host, a piece of bread, and the priest holds the bread above the cup, and at the point of contact... It becomes the body and blood of Jesus Christ, according to you know their yeah. religious tradition. Uh, <clears throat> there is something in the Gnostic mass which is very equivalent to that, but it's more obvious in that it's done by the priest and the naked priestess holding a cup and the lance. The lance goes into the cup. Do I have to really? Uh, <laughs> The (laughs) Fellini here. A train goes into a tunnel. George Carlin put it. You don't have to be Fellini to figure that one out.
1: The limo pulls
0: Uh, into the garage. Yes, yes, yes. The Washington Monument. (laughs) The father of his country.
1: (laughs) So there's insertion is what you're saying.
0: There's insertion, yes, indeed. And that causes transubstantiation, which I think is true, Uh, whether it's the body and blood of Jesus Christ, the body and blood of God, or just emblematic of what sexual magic seeks to accomplish.
1: It's consuming something, or it's taking something in, right?
0: Right. Yeah. And then, in turn, the magic is spread amongst those who commune. Yeah. With the host and the wine.
1: Well, and that's something that all these things have in common. It's a conversion of energy. It's it's taking your belief and converting that into external power, or taking a community's belief and turning that into energy to to conjure something. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, that's not a complete. Yeah, theory, but that definitely is a major part of uh, what is observed with all of these phenomena. Uh, Gray Barker in his book, The Silver Bridge, which I wrote the introduction to, the original introduction, and then the newer introduction, which because I was very young and stupid when I wrote the original introduction, and I felt you know I owed it to Gray's memory to do a new introduction when the current edition came out. Mm. Um, in the Silver Bridge, he makes the point that people have a certain kind of repressed sexual energy involved in sightings of Mothman, sightings of UFOs, of the men in black coming to their homes, uh, all of that, uh, which is wrongly attributed to Gray's uh, Pinchot for hoaxing poor John Keel by calling it. Mr. Keel, this is in cold. He did that to me once during a citywide <laughs> sky Really? Show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, 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 recorded it, and later was told either by him or by his uh, pal Jim Mosley that uh, it was Gray. And we were talking about Keel being more gullible than, uh, than many because I may have been sort of responsible for him being in West Virginia when he, when he was. Uh, Jim Mosley had met him and he kept saying, this is in the days when long distance calls were <clears throat> <little> fortification. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Fortification, radiation, fornication. Every New Year's Eve, I went to New York. So all that fall, Mosley was calling me long distance. uh, He was a wealthy guy, but uh, he was—I mean—we were doing hours on the phone. He was raving about this new guy, John Keel, who was just spellbinding in his approach. So. Uh, he said, at your party on New Year's Eve at uh, New York Hilton, above Times Square, where we don't have to mingle with the, uh, the pre-COVID crowds, um, <laughs> that uh, you can meet Now He was right. I mean, Jim was often not impressed with things because he, he knew everybody in the New York, New Jersey uh, crazy stuff scene. Yeah, but Keel was of a different order. However, Keel made his career before UFOs, doing um, doing pieces for magazines, uh, the, the men's magazines, the late 50s, early 60s, like Saga and True and Argosy, and they had a certain particular flavor to them. Uh, it was a uh, slightly sensational, but not not weekly world news sensational. Just sort of, I found the island of lost women would be a typical name for an article. I know. Yeah. I read these magazines. They <laughs> do not have centerfolds, but I met, read those. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I move forward, I hear a squeak, which is probably my headphones.
1: Yeah, it does a little. It does a little shift, but otherwise, it's fine. So it's it's
0: it goes from one microphone to the other because I've got. Uh, with the God helmet and other stuff, I have like this spaghetti maze of wires. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> and one of them leads to my headphones. Yeah. But apparently, if I move. Uh,
1: <laughs> Will you come through perfectly fine either way, whichever microphone it switches through?
0: <laughs> I'm not talking, but. <laughs> so, I invited to come to Atlanta and give a lecture, what turned out to be the last in a series of lectures, in November 1966. I had it on reel-to-reel tape, but uh, where I went to school, uh, graduate school in in Tucson, I had to uh, depart the state uh, rather quickly with my son, uh, because my attorney said, get thee across the state line. And I said, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. (laughs) I wrote my mother, and I said, "Uh, wire me some money, and we got on a Greyhound and spent three days and nights in living hell on a Greyhound bus. Wow. It was a portrait of America.
1: I can imagine.
0: Why things like Mr. Rump, uh, Rump, Rump, wasn't that his name? Yeah, something like that, (laughs) has such a big following, because what What, me and my uh, son now, a well-known screenwriter, but then a little kid traumatized by, uh, I don't know if it was the bus ride or whatever was going on in Tucson. Okay.
1: (laughs) Everything's fine.
0: (laughs) So, Keel is in Atlanta in November of 1966 and he, we flew him down or rather my dad flew him down uh, <clears throat> my dad didn't fly never uh. flew him fly, but he paid for it because I said I need to have a speaker this guy is really good for our so he drew a big crowd and then he said uh, among other things that he said to me uh, I think I'm going to go back by way of West Virginia. And I believe that was his initial involvement with the Mothman. I mean, he probably read a little bit about it, but that gave him, that put him in Gray Barker territory because Gray lived in Clarksburg, West Virginia, pretty much most of his life. And that elicited some real information that was in uh, Mothman prophecies Pretty accurately uh, reproduced in the movie uh, with, although Richard Gere, not John Keel, and vice versa. Yeah. Keel was, uh, as one of my correspondents during that period, now a much more famous ufologist, Jerry Clark, said to me, uh, if anybody in this field is one of them, it's Keel. Oh really? Very strange guy. Yeah, I took him to lunch in the, one of the downtown restaurants at the top of one of the buildings. I think it was the Regency was down, one of the taller buildings in Atlanta. And it had a restaurant that went around. They called it the Flying Saucer Restaurant, and bought him a nice meal. And Keel said to me, "I really don't care for food." <laughs> I and really I don't care under. for food. You're not only weird, you're ungracious. Yeah man.
1: no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious.
0: On the phone as we rotated around uh, what was then a good view of Atlanta Of course the buildings have eclipsed that. So he goes to West Virginia yeah. and it's grist for Gray Barker's bill. I don't know who told him I didn't but then he gets phone calls does interviews and the truth is i think you have to read keel's mothman prophecies and barker's the silver bridge to get a real picture of the initial events in the mothman uh cycle i mean it's ongoing it's been around chicago it's been uh specifically around o'hare airport it's been a lot of stuff going on um uh in recent years but uh uh, maybe his trip to Georgia and deciding to drive back rather than take the airfare that we had uh, gotten him. Maybe that was uh, the thing that initially got him involved there. I've never mentioned that on a program before. So, Exclusive! Exclusive! <laughs> John Keel was me! No, no, <laughs> was my invention.
1: Yes. <laughs> You know, that whole series that, uh, the Mothman, uh, sightings, all that stuff, the, the time period, the, the area, there were so many, you know, talking about synchronicities, there were so many things that were connected in that time, in that area. Um, it's incredible. You mentioned O'Hare, you know, O'Hare has some amazing sighting stories. Amazing. The O'Hare airport sighting, for instance, lots of people saw that, um, which for those that aren't familiar, I believe it's the one where a UFO actually came and didn't it, it didn't land, it hovered over the tarmac, correct? Mm-hmm. And what, uh, at least a, a hundred people, if not a thousand people saw it, there was a lot of people it there, wasn't
0: a thousand, but it included a lot of uh, people who were, I don't consider cops the expert witnesses, of some yeah. people do, but, but air traffic controllers had better be yeah. good witnesses.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Or you better hope they are. Including right. Me and you.
0: <laughs> Maybe uh, not flying into O'Hare you know, or <laughs> yeah. anywhere else for that matter. Yeah, yeah. is the least of our problems if the air traffic controllers are stoned out of their minds. <laughs> hey, I see objects in the sky, you know. They, yeah. Uh, they have to pee in a cup every day, I think. Um, <laughs> you never know.
1: Yeah, um, you never know.
0: Golden seal. But no. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Alan. Shut up. Keep it in your hand. Okay. So, um, I think Keel was gullible in the sense that his narrative skills were great, but his tendency to what you were talking about, but not be skeptical and leap to things that made it into the movie. You know, the phone calls that Richard Gere gets, that's all Gray Barker. Doesn't mean that the events uh, uh, that are described by ordinary people are not real events. In fact, the initial one, as Gray is the only one other than me, I was influenced by him, pointed out you have two couples that go to the deserted TNT area, so-called, uh, in uh, Parker's, is it Parker's there? Yeah. Um, and that was a make-out spot. So, presumably, the the untold part of the story, which, if you go to YouTube and go to uh, my, take three of my Gray Barker interview tape he interviewed uh the the four witnesses to that initial case and fortunately recorded it and i found it on an old cassette and transferred it Uh, so it's uh you can hear that interview they don't mention anything about what they were doing but two couples in this deserted area uh necking or petting or or somebody's
1: getting pregnant
0: if somebody's getting pregnant, and, <laughs> uh, and then they see Mothman, yeah. and they're terrified. And, and in later incidents, uh, there are more subliminal sexual aspects, but basically when erotic energy is there, it attracts, in medieval times they said succubi and incubi, demons. Because it was all bad. Yeah. So, you know, there is, there is the deal, I guess you could say, that if sexual energy attracts Mothman, then probably attracts other cryptids. And if it attracts UFO-type phenomena, after all, Mothman could fly, can fly, does fly, and maybe identical with the thunderbird of uh, of, uh native american uh, lore um, that seems to be a good clue to what this energy involves what i tried to do with the complete secret cipher of the euthanos
1: here it is here it is here's, here. here's to you hey cheers
0: should've used a limit not a line. <laughs> what I was gonna say, Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye, where you work? Um where was I? Well we were going. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> hold it back in your hat your brains are falling out of your head. Okay. Well, you
1: were talking about, uh, you know, we talked about the couples and the, the, the links between the erotic energy and the sightings of the mothman and all that.
0: Yeah. So in a complete secret side for the youth knots, I show how to invoke that energy intentionally and I'm not sure everyone should do it, but if you have a reasonable level of uh, preparation and have you know, looked at the Kabbalistic uh, elements in the book and assimilated that reasonably well and know how to exorcise or banish, uh, then by all means, have a camera present, have witnesses present, whatever. And I, uh, when I initially wrote uh, Secret Cipher for Illuminate Press, I had hoped that a lot of people would participate in basically taking it beyond what I had to say by, by learning to be able to predict uh, UFO cases. Uh, that is, if there was an element in one close encounter case you would use the cipher if they use, particularly if they use what I call the funny names, the strange names often associated with planets that don't exist and with beings that arguably are something other than what they seem to be. Um,
1: it's amazing that we live in a time that you can go and shop for cannabis like you do shoes. All kinds of different types and sizes for all types of different individuals. Well, if you're like me and you like a nice, balanced experience with no pesticides, clean, soil-grown craft cannabis, then you want to ask for Hell's Canyon Cannabis Company in your local Washington retailer. The reason why is because they use true live organic soil recipes, custom-made per strain, per plant. Like Mother Nature intended, you can't get any better. So if you want craft cannabis with a balanced experience, ranging from strains like Jesus OG or Acapulco Gold or their own Hell's Cookies, then you want Hell's Canyon Cannabis Company. Ask for them in your local Washington retailer. And if they don't have it, tell them to talk to me and I'll make sure they get it. Back to the show
0: for reasons that I can only speculate on, they intend for them to be publicized so that one of their agents will, will see it and know so that the next portal, the next event will happen at such and such a place, at such and such a time. So
1: like leaving breadcrumbs in a way.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's done manually because apparently they're worried about intercepts in the, uh, in the ether. Um, so,
1: so do they we, mean we, intercepts we, by, as in other, other entities that don't want us to be in contact? Or are we talking about domestic interference? I think both. Oh, okay. I,
0: I, I think that, uh, basically they, They, it, them, whatever, they had certain places and times which, if they were predicted, uh, would probably draw the attention of people or things that they don't want to draw the attention of. Andrew Cole uh, purportedly said to Woody Derenberger, uh, we come from a country much weaker than your own. I don't know exactly what that means, but it does imply that uh, they have their vulnerabilities. And as it turns out, Indrid Cold, uh, if you believe Derenberger and his daughter now, who is pretty elderly herself, um, has been in touch with Cold and his family ever since, uh, up until very recently and still in touch with uh, the family. I don't know what to make of that, but I think you may be dealing with somebody who is human looking, but walks among us. Mm. But before, before we just leave that, I became really aware today that so much of the QAnon stuff, uh, that especially that comes about where relates to the reptilians that David Icke, uh, uh, purportedly uh, has made a career of. Um, that's an old anti-Semitic trope that is out there. And basically, if you substitute the word reptilian for Jew, you're going to get the same stories that you had in Nazi Germany, before that in, uh, in, in Tsarist Russia. Uh, Uh, Protocols of the Elders of Zion because the head of the conspiracy is supposed to be the Rothschild family, which is a wealthy family that made good in in Europe and uh, uh, therefore must be in a, there's that word, conspiracy to rule the world. One time, uh, the late Jim Wasserman and I were identified in a book by a friend of mine, now, not then, Uh, as the head of the conspiracy to rule the world.
1: The head Uh, of the conspiracy to rule the world. That's quite the title.
0: Yes. Well, the name of the book was blood on the altar. Oh, wow. Uh, And uh, I wrote to the author and said, uh, I don't know why you would say that. uh, But, Jim Wasserman and I can't stand to be in the same room together, <laughs> much less conquering the world. And as for the organization <laughs> that we were both affiliated with, they couldn't lead a Boy Scout parade on a burlesque house. <laughs> <laughs> These people are marginal, not really competent, all the way up to the supreme leaders and uh You know, there's some decent people involved in that, I think I may have been one, uh, but they often get out after a certain amount of time, or are thrown out, as Facebook and I had, that parting of the ways. (laughs) Uh, um, They are partly part of some meaningful conspiracy. And uh, the only thing I could think of is that we both had Jewish names.
2: And
0: mm. uh, that doesn't mean we got along or were on the same page or anything else. In fact, when I heard that he had passed on a few months ago, I said, yeah, I'm so sorry to hear it. but a true human. May he rest in peace. 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 <laughs> Oh, uh, after that, uh, the same guy was good enough to say some really nice things to me in his subsequent book on, basically on secret societies. It's a very thorough book that predicts that the free Illuminism that I advocate, which has no leaders or fees or uh, compulsory rituals or anything like that, uh, probably is the wave of the future because it's internet friendly. I'm paraphrasing his approach, but I think that was showing him to be, he he manned up, you know, more than, say, for certain governors and other (laughs) embarrassments to society. Amen, brother. Hallelujah. (laughs)
1: What do you think about these people since you're talking about, you know, the energy that's put out that communicates with these, you know, whether it be cryptic, whether it be, um, you know, or cryptid, I'm sorry, or whatever it might be. Uh, what do you think about these people that are claiming to be the gateways? So I I I mention someone specifically quite often on the show, which is Dr. Stephen Greer. Uh, the reason being is because he charges people a significant amount of money to take them out and conjure quote unquote, big air quotes, um, alien exp- or UFO experiences. There are numerous, um, odd things that occur as in they don't allow videotaping of any kind from outside cameras. They don't, you know, there's been planes that have flown out to exact areas uh, and back during the same timeline of these. But what do you, what do you think of these people that uh, do you think it's possible that there are people out there that do have this power and that are truly trying to, uh, disclose the existence of aliens and how to get a hold of them, um, and are simply trying to fund this movement through these ways, or do you think this there's something more nefarious going on in there?
0: I think there's something more, more nefarious going on, but I do think that there are uh, of all the areas that I deal with, the one that I have the well there are two that I have the least regard for. One is physical mediumship and the other is, uh, uh, tr- trans channeling because some trans material, uh, has the same funny names with the same decoding things that I have in, uh, complete secret cipher. Um, Like Ashtar is a great example. There's one called Ashtar Command. And they're constantly churning out these messages that uh, uh, Ashtar was, in medieval thinking, a demon who migrated to the Americas and became a fallen angel, according to the lore of the former Ashtar. Who um, uh, denied being a fallen angel. And the MO, the uh, modus operandi of the Ashtar that shows up in these trans channeling events is the same as the medieval Ashtar, the ancient uh, Babylonian and uh, Sumerian Ashtarot, uh, which is. A uh, 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 god, or a demon, or both, and uh, even the, uh, the the female version of the same thing, going back to this Mediterranean slash uh, Mesopotamian history. Uh, Asherah, variations of, of words, especially languages, uh, as in the the Semitic languages that don't have uh, vowels written. You have to allow for ashtar, ashtarot, basically are the same word in masculine or feminine form. And uh, you really have to know which is intended. You just have to know from your life experience. So um, long-winded way of saying I think that some of these events are Uh, legitimate in things like the the trans-channeling of Mark Probert going back to the 1940s, which as far as I know was never charged anything. It was all under the auspices of the totally legitimate uh, Borderland Sciences Research Associates um, uh, under its first uh, director, uh, Mead Lane. Who plays a big role in my book? In that uh, he uh, he was both interested in magic, real magic, and interested in uh, uh, UFO, or before the term flying saucer even. Uh, he uh, got this uh, group of talented. Media together, who were not talking to the dead, which is a little refreshing, but talking to <laughs> other beings. Well, I mean, you know, you can talk to the dead, but it's sort of a one-way, and the long-distance charge is ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, um, I, I, I have uh, confidence in the work of BSRA; and they're still around, so you can get access to that material and judge for yourself. I also had close contact uh, uh, with uh, the Light Lines Associates in Kentucky. And they had the redeeming virtue that they made no claims for the trans-channel material that they had. Uh, uh, Carla Ruckert was... uh, the uh, primary mover of that organization. And uh, um, Don Elkins, who was an Eastern Airlines pilot, uh, was their principal channeler. I'm pretty sure Eastern didn't know about it, or maybe that's why they're not around. <laughs> but um, they, they came to my home many years ago and did a session there. I don't think they ever charged a penny for anything. They Again, they got out some books. The yeah. books are for sale because you can't get it published if you don't uh, you know, have a price on it. And uh, I don't know if they published the, the raw material, uh, same time as the Seth material. I give some credence to that. But people who charge a mint, they're too much like Est and Scientology and all of that. Nonsense. Yeah, some of it dangerous nonsense that uh, can. Uh, it, it's much too easy for it to be corrupted if it wasn't corrupt to begin with. So, without being specific, I'd say if they charge a lot, walk away. Yeah, I, I- charge at all. Be suspicious.
1: Yeah, and it, it's very, I, I find it very cult-like when there are people that say, I am the gateway to the truth, and only I know the full story, only I know the full truth, and before you have to go through me, and by the way, I need your credit card number. You know, in well, order to...
0: and Pete did that. Yeah. And they were sincere, apparently, right up until they all committed suicide. Uh, I caution anybody stay away from these things are cults i think there's a tendency for all of these uh, borderland organizations if they are hierarchical and by definition if there's somebody who is the truth the light and the way to paraphrase some book or other (laughs) um,
1: it rings a bell
0: walk away yeah because the probability is that they're out for your wallet Or out for your heart or out for your soul. And in any of those cases, uh, discretion is the better part of valor. Walk away.
1: I've always enjoyed my my books books are different. That's right. Well, that's because you're giving the information, you know, and like you'd said, I mean, these guys, they, they have movies, they have documentaries, they have books, you know, they're putting things out, like you said, you know, in the normal ways of being able to fund a movement. But then on top of that, they're also taking individuals and telling them, we will give you this experience, but it's going to cost you three to $5,000 to do so. Um, You know, and I like, people like yourself who you put the message out there and you say, look, here's the knowledge that I have now take it and apply it to your life. If, if you would like, here's, here's what to know. Here's what to do. Here's what I know. Here's what I've done. Um, and it comes with, with, you know, a, a positive message, uh, in imp- self-improvement attachment to something bigger than yourself. You know, it's I, I I love that I love that aspect, and it's nothing like um, I can't give you anything without a membership. You know, it's that that type of thing, and so that's why I've always enjoyed um, you know people like yourselves work because you put it out there, and it's that's what I believe is the true disclosure movement. You know, right now they're talking about this disclosure movement, and I say there have been people for a lot longer than these guys been talking about this stuff and doing it the right way for a long time. What what makes them the disclosure movement, as opposed to everybody else that came before.
0: Um, Well, I, at the risk of offending the disclosure current crop of people, that goes all the way back to NICAP, which was founded in 1956. The head of its board of directors was Admiral, Rear Admiral Hillencotter, who actually was the first director of the CIA. And the whole board of governors was people with military types, uh, and uh, it seems like they were uh, uh, CIA front after the CIA panel in 1953 uh, in the atmosphere of the McCarthy era, uh, were afraid of communist infiltration into these flying saucer groups, so they had one of their own. Um, But basically, I think they were as close as you get to any kind of government knowledge of this subject. I say this with all due humility, but I probably know more about flying saucers, UFOs, than any government project that has ever existed. Because if you look at them uh, up close... They usually consist of a rather junior officer and an enlisted man, as with Project Blue Book, and grudge before it, and sign before that, and a secretary. That was the project. Well, ufologists have a network all over the world. And are in touch with people who are having experiences from all over the world there's a ufo sighting today how do i know well i haven't looked yet but there will be because there are sightings every day and there are landings every month and there are abductions i i don't think we know how often because some don't come back so Mm. the ones that come back are the ones that we know about some of them uh keel did uh, coined the term silent contactee, the ones that come back and they're afraid of their neighbors or afraid of the, the local media. And in today's world, I think that's a totally legitimate uh, concern, but you have to ferret those out. However, we've been doing this a long time and not dependent on government funding of any sort and uh, or funding of any sort. Yeah, yeah. government
1: Government. or otherwise.
0: Yeah, or otherwise. I mean, the parapsychologists have had little endowments, uh, notably at the University of Virginia, uh, uh, where they do great work in parapsychology. But these are, you know, tenured uh, uh, PhDs in psychiatry and psychology and Uh, I don't know what field of traditional uh, science you would go to. I would say probably more uh, theoretical physics than uh, psychology, but uh, you need need some of both. And and maybe something that hasn't even been established. For a while I called myself the para-ufologist because – the paranormal and ufology blend together. And uh, what I found uh, years ago was that this is changing a little bit now. Of course, this latest government, the UAP. Yep, 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 yep. (laughs) It's it's nothing new. It's old hat. Old hat and... I think serves no purpose. There's nothing to disclose. If you want to disclose your project, come to me, yes. I'll disclose anything that I know. <laughs> uh, and apparently, you know, they, uh, um, I mean, uh, the grail within tells the, you know, the, the personal details works and all, so to speak. And, uh, or literally, as the case may be. Uh, I'm not saying here. <laughs> but uh, but <laughs> seriously, <laughs> if only the people out there knew, <laughs> they might not take me seriously. Oh, well. But don't run out and buy my books. Yes, do. Buy, buy. my books because uh, I live on Social Security because I'm old and uh, uh, maybe a couple of thousand dollars in book sales uh, royalties during the year, which is divided evenly with my my publisher. So, you know. Yeah, at twelve grand a year, I'm below the poverty line. <laughs> I can't remember. What, you know, I just, I'm two blocks from uh, my parents' house, not theirs anymore, um, where uh, I grew up. Yeah, but I'm living in a subsidized building called the Jewish Tower. Very. Uh, that sounds very <laughs> nice. To ride my bicycle, they say, Ah, <laughs> oh, there! It's the bicycle guy. So I ride now at like two and three in the morning. <laughs> they say, oh, your lights are flickering through my windows. It's waking me up. Oh, is <laughs> you can't always get what you want. That's absolutely true.
1: You know, you have an amazing body of work. I mean, you, you, you have numerous books talking about this. You have a large body of work. People that aren't familiar with your work would shame on you if you're not. Shame but
2: shame. for
1: shame, but do go out, check out. You, you have a lot of books. You got one coming out this year, right? It's, it's not out quite yet.
0: Uh, the grail within is out. Oh, it is I out. It, it will be modified and there are, uh, three or four that are in the works. Uh, my publisher, uh, which is, uh, uh, Olive, uh Phillips is like a real gem and has been more than kind to me. Everything that I've ever written, he wants to put back into print. That's so, cool. Uh, I'm all for it, yeah. but I think if it goes back too far, it's going to become Alan, the teenage <laughs> bitch. (laughs) There's even one book out there that has many editions that I didn't write, but it's under my name. Really? Yeah. It's a book on witchcraft. And I first heard about it. There was a Canadian publisher who published it. And, you know, these things, I mean, you know, well, I told you, sort of, my income level. I can't afford to sue somebody in Canada or in your uh, celebrated uh, state of California. Although I had got ripped off out there, but uh, or over there or under there. Or under <laughs> there. Um, so I shouldn't. I shouldn't be saying these things. But there are some former publishers of mine that made extravagant promises, mm. published in edition, and disappeared on Oh. And, you know, they owe me a substantial amount of money. For me, a substantial amount of money is $1,000. Hey, that's okay. a substantial amount of money. Yeah, well, it is now for me, too, but uh, it's not enough for me in Georgia to sue somebody. Oh. <clears throat> In California. I see. Yeah. The fact, the fact is just hiring a lawyer will cost you the thousand dollars. No so it,
1: kidding. Yeah.
0: And one of these guys, the one in New Jersey that disappeared on me really disappeared on everybody. He made off with the, uh, the church funds, Whoa, the lodge funds, the, uh, his wife's, uh, who was, uh, a Filipino and, uh, living here on a green card, took all of her money and disappeared. Wow. Uh, So, also, with the uh, contract on one of my books, which uh, the publisher refused to transfer royalties to me. Mm. So that edition of that particular book uh, went out of print, and predictably enough, in the Used book market went to hundreds of dollars, which, of course, I get none of. You know, uh. But that's that's what the uh, the used book business is like. I was sort of famous in the sense that, oh, he must write really good stuff and make a lot of money because his book's uh, The Complete Rite of Memphis, which is now back in print in a legitimate edition. Uh, anyway, so this Canadian publisher... Published this book on Wicca by Alan H. Greenfield. I don't know if there's another Alan H. Greenfield out there, but probably not. <laughs> and I did write a long article on Wicca uh, on my uh, old website, which is you know st- still available, and a lot of it surprised me because it's very critical of Wicca, but a lot of Wiccan sites reprinted the article. And then apparently it shows up as the core of this book. And uh, there is a, quote, legitimate edition of that now from my current publisher. But uh, uh, I didn't write a book on that subject. And uh, it's just one of the great, histories of history history there are several <laughs> different editions of that out there out there out there
1: all uh, under your all. name very interesting very interesting yes. yeah uh, just
0: a certain kind of immortality
1: yes <laughs> yeah exactly yes. well make sure go and like i said for those of you that are not familiar you know shame on you but now, it's never too late. Go look. Go look it up. There's tons of stuff, uh, starting with the secret cipher. The complete cipher, like you said, comes with two books for the price of one. Is that what you said?
0: Yeah, that's pretty much the case.
1: Uh, the new one that's out, and then you got more in the works you're putting out. When, when can we expect those?
0: Well, it depends on whether I'm putting out or not. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. My <laughs> publisher is out in your territory in California, and I must say during a recent uh, illness he was awfully kind to me sending stuff you know when you get old you don't stay bold <laughs> but, you know, i just didn't want not want to face the people in what i call the lobby people but that's a whole different story
1: i bet i bet, yeah, yeah. I bet that's incredible well alan thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about yourself and your career. We, we went through the gambit, my friend. We went over everything. We talked
0: about so much. Yeah, that's true. And we also did uh, almost two hours.
1: Almost. A little, a little over 149 is where we're at right now, sir.
0: Oh, well, how about that? You should go for an even amount of time. <laughs> should we? My book's in print. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> The complete, C-O-M-P-L-E-A-T, uh, Rite of Memphis, uh, which is uh, the, I was mentioning earlier, the Rite of Memphis in is now back in print, and you don't have to buy the $300 used book from some nefarious outfit in England, which, uh, or somewhere. Um, I have uh, The Grail Within, which is new, never before published, and uh I understand we're negotiating for a new introduction, which will be added on. But go ahead and buy it. You can always buy another edition. That's right. And, uh, and the complete secret cipher from the Euphonauts, which uh, is such a bargain. You will never get such a bargain like you get there. You hear me? <laughs> Y'all yell here? Yeah? Okay. That's right. And, uh, let's see. What else is out there? I don't know. Go to uh, Ola Phillips uh, website and uh, look it up because I never know what is out and what is in the works.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll start rambling them off. I got the roots of modern man. I just want to make sure these are actually your titles. Cause now you got me worried about the whole witchcraft one. Now I'm, now I'm questioning <laughs> my, my sources.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I Look, that's bound to happen sooner or later. I paint. I'm not a painter at all. But I painted one picture when I was uh, working in the art supply business. So I had access to the supplies and to the... So I painted one picture that was good enough to put on my wall. And somebody stole it. Oh, This was my attitude. I went, oh, no. Wait a minute. Someone actually thought that the picture I schlepped together... Was good enough to steal from my living room. Happy dance, happy dance, happy dance. So you know, my attitude is: if it's not something that I'm currently really involved with, or distorts what I what I have to say, uh, as uh, Martin Landau, as Bella Lugosi once said, "There ain't no such thing." Is a bad press. Yeah, that's
1: right. <laughs> that's right. Good. Good publicity. Bad publicity. It's all publicity. Yeah, uh, the right.
0: groups of modern magic uh, had a. Uh, there was a knockoff edition before. Uh, before the current edition came out. Oh, okay. And, and it was. Uh, It may still be out there. I don't know, but I don't have any connection with it. It has many, many, many errors in it, and uh, it was not meant to be published. It was meant to be uh, circulated among prospective publishers. Ah.
2: And
0: and the current edition is the actual book, uh, Reset in Type. uh, What do they say about movies that have been remastered? Oh, remastered, remastered, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: So that's my equivalent of remastering uh, the Roots of Modern Magic, 1700 to 2000. Be sure it's the current edition, though, uh, out this year. So it's a 2021 edition. That's the only way you're going to be able to tell. Because the other thing is, oh, God, it misspells three words for every page. Oh, wow. And I'm slightly more literate than that. <laughs> also, I don't do proofreading. Yeah. You know, any of that stuff, I uh, I only write. I don't compose yeah. or, or the only artwork I ever did was that one painting.
1: <laughs> the stolen painting, the ma- the, the famous oh, stolen well, painting.
0: i drawings that I did while I was in the art supply business that appear in uh, The Grail Within. Yeah. Uh, I think they do. I haven't actually seen a physical copy of it yet. So, I, but I know what you know what's in it, and the material is really good. And if there's anything else in print, I don't know. Oh, Lieber Thirty One, the authorized edition. That's by Frederic Kard, but with the permission of his son, and annotated by me. Oh, okay. Uh, that's either back in print or about to be, and. I must say, I, I'm not an annotation person generally, but I did a really good job of clarifying what that book is all about. And uh, uh, there may be one or two others. I don't know.
1: Well, there's yeah. Secret Rituals of the Men in Black. Uh, let's see, Christ yeah, and the I mean, Megatheron. Yeah, if
0: you, if, if,
1: is that one? That
0: should be out of print. Uh, oh, Okay. Yeah. It had a good run, but uh, that was also some of Akkad's material and some of mine, and a lot of that material has shown up uh, in a newer and better form. Okay. uh, So,
1: What about uh, Angel Spells, the Anarchian Occult Workbook of Charmed Seals, Talismans, and Ciphers?
0: Well, that's the one I invoked Metatron out of, so... I strongly suggest if you're on TV, radio, or something, don't do it. Don't do it because you'll get Bart's about conjuring up a storm. So,
1: oh, okay, all right, fair enough. I'm gonna. That's that's the one I'm going for then.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I, guess I guess the royalties for that go to Beckley's estate. I, he, he does have a sister, so okay. Perhaps, perhaps they will continue. I don't know. They most of these uh, smaller presses uh, tend. to to center around a person
2: gotcha. and
0: if that person uh, dies or is in the case of Ron bonds that Illumat, I think was killed, uh, mm. that killed the press as well. So,
1: wow. Uh, inside the saucers, Mr. UFOs teenage years.
0: Yeah, that's in print or is about to be.
1: God never does the same thing twice. Messiah's a miracle workers.
0: Uh, I think that's out of print.
1: Okay. A Screwed by Aliens. Once again, my favorite title in literature. I'm telling you right now, that's my favorite. They can put well, that on my tombstone.
0: Screwed by the Aliens at once, <laughs> <or
1: another>, <laughs> Screwed by the Aliens. True sexual encounters with ETs. Uh, let's see, The True History of Witchcraft. Is that the one you're talking about? That, that oh, you...
0: that's the one, but oh, okay. I don't know that it's always under that name. Oh, okay. I have never written a book on Wicca or witchcraft.
1: So there's two of them that I've seen called Witchcraft uh, Secrets Revealed, and then that one, witchcraft, uh, The True History of Witchcraft. So neither one of those?
0: No, if it contains some of the material that I accumulated when I uh, on my website, when I, I actually uh, looked at the uh, original of Gardner's Book of Shadows, uh, had uh, interviewed uh, Doreen Valente, who was a key early member of Wicca, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, um, bought the charter that Gerald Gardner was issued from by Alistair Crowley, um, which I had for some years and then donated to the secret order of antiquity that I used to be a part of. So, uh, none of those as books are for real, but I do know the subject. quite.
1: Oh, well. Okay. I see. Very interesting.
0: So I don't know. I've never seen one of these books. Yeah. Send me one. I- Send me one to <laughs> 24. Ulus, Ohio, 44444. Four, 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 four. Don't do that. I don't think it exists. <laughs> well, what the you should do. Kentucky,
1: care of. Take <laughs> care of Alan fucking Greenfield. That's Alan? right.
0: Yeah, you know who coined that? I believe it was Greg Newkirk uh, for one of their Phenomena Cons or
1: something. Really?
0: Yeah, it says <laughs> Alan fucking Greenfield. It says <laughs> F yeah asterisk, asterisk. <laughs> I, so i frequently use that
1: oh you should it's wonderful oh yeah it really hammers it home
0: uh, so to speak yeah
1: yes. exactly that's right well alan fucking greenfield thank you so much for being on the show i so much appreciate it what a great conversation we've had uh we've we've gone over so many things it's wonderful and uh So, yeah, everybody that's out there, once again, shame on you for not knowing. But if you don't, make sure go out there, get this body of work because there's so much there. And if you really are interested in UFOs, magic, you really want to know truth, you really want to know history of of this subject, this is the guy. This is the guy, this is his work, and this is where you need to go to get it. So uh, links will be in the show notes, all that great jazz. Alan, once again, thank you so much. I can't thank you enough for being on the show.
0: Thank you. Excellent interview. Thank uh, you, my friend. Clunkers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm always big on just going with, let's just talk, you know, let's just talk, man. I mean, obviously you're an interesting guy. Uh, so we're going to have plenty to talk about. I wasn't super worried about it. So I'm uh, but I, I, it, it just went better than I could have imagined. So thank you so much, my friend. But uh, for all these my out there, I don't know
0: how to, how to get out of zoom. So you're going to have to disconnect
1: us. <laughs> no worries. I will. Uh for all of you out there listening thank you so much for tuning into another episode once again go splash us about your social media pages subscribe like share review all that great stuff helps us grow the show once again go check it out we'll have links in the show notes uh remember go check out clarksoncbdco.com save yourself some money use that promo code UFO N-O uh save yourself 10%. And then check out Hells Candy Cannabis Company. They got a website, HellscannyCannabis.com. Check them out, Washington State. It's beautiful, beautiful stuff. <laughs> and uh so, anyways, check it out. Thank you all once again. I want to thank Leonard for always listening. Thank you, Damon, for always listening. All my listeners, I love you all so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Alan. Once again, you're the man, man. <laughs> thank you. I try to be. That's it for us, everybody. Peace out. Peace out.